0: It's time for episode 123 of the Clockwise podcast from Relay FM recorded Wednesday February 10th 2016 Clockwise four people four technology topics 30 minutes
1: Welcome back to Clockwise the tech podcast that wants to be your valentine time <laughs> I'm your host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. It's easy as one, two, three, Dan. One. Two, I was thinking three. about using that, but I was like, well, I like, I like you know, we're close to Valentine's Day. And That's nothing a, is going to stop you if there's a bad pun hovering no, over your head. No, oh, so. God, no. I will only be encouraged. Yep. This is Clockwise, the show where we talk about Valentine's and technology topics, and we're joined by two wonderful guests to my left. It's the co-founder of Civil Comments, Miss Krista Morgan. Hi, Krista.
2: Hi. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Welcome back. And to my left, he is
0: everybody's favorite Slovenian technology writer and podcaster. It is. Can you guess who it is? It's Anj Tomic. Hi, Andrzej. Hi. Welcome Hi. back. It's
3: great to be back.
1: So we've got four topics. Let's start off today. I'm the designated co-host, so I'll go first. Uh, last week, I had a little uh, incident where I dropped my phone and left it in a snowbank for about 20 minutes. Uh, and amazingly, by the time I got back to it and found it using Find My iPhone, <laughs> which <laughs> is harder to use, like I, I turned it on and, and assumed the thing started pinging, but I couldn't hear it. And then I suddenly had this gripping fear and I opened my door and I <laughs> someone was walking past too and kind of gave me a weird <laughs> look as I ran out into the snow and found my phone. But after 20 minutes in, in snow, uh, lying face down, it was totally fine. Which amazed me So my my question for you guys is What's the worst abuse you've ever suggested your phone to And did it survive? Krista?
2: Oh man um, So I'm, I'm one of those people who have dropped my phone into a public toilet <laughs> um, true story. Wow, true story. Yeah. wow one of I those was, people. So, um, you know, I was I was at a dinner and uh, I didn't have a purse, but I, you know, had my phone on me, and I had to I had to run, respond to a text message. I was like, oh, you know, I'll go do that, you know, in the bathroom. Um, so as not to be a texter at the table, and so I walked into the bathroom and wasn't hadn't even like really gone into the stall yet because I was just taking my you know lifting my phone up to reply to the text message, and it somehow sailed up out of my hand and did this this beautiful arc into. Through the open stall door and into the public toilet, um, and it was really horrible. And so there was nothing to do but but plunge my hand in there and grab it out. And then you know I was at a restaurant, so I um, I ran and asked the cooks for some dry rice, and they gave me a big um, just plastic cup of dry rice, and I put my phone in it, and it actually was fine. Like I just let it alone for like two days, and uh, then it, it came back to life, and I used it for a while. I, I disinfected it quite a lot.
1: <laughs> you said there's nothing else to do, but I feel like there's a lot of people who just be like, well. That's gone. (laughs) Walk away. (laughs)
2: It was a nice restaurant. Oh yeah, that makes it way (laughs) better. Yeah. Yeah. So you know the toilet's fine. It's not like it was at the airport. Clearly, no.
0: No, I, I'm going to tell a story about um, about my wife's phone. She's got uh, uh, she's got an iPhone in, in a in a nice case that's a, a, a fairly protective case. And we took a hike uh, a few weeks ago with uh, my son, and uh, we're we're walking around, and there's this a nice place that that uh, she wants to take a picture with him, and they're going to take like a little selfie picture. And he's being silly about oh no, don't take don't take my picture. And she's got the she but she's got her arm out to take the selfie, and he. he he mistakenly bumps her arm and her phone goes flying. Now, it's in a protective case, so it's going with to, a, with a nice little rim, so if even if it were to hit face down on concrete, it would not break because it's got some extra give. Unfortunately, we were hiking and it landed face down on a rock <laughs> and shattered it, the most spectacular shatter pattern I have ever seen on an iPhone screen. So I, I rocks... How do they work? I don't know, but that was that was really bad. And-
3: oh, rocks. <laughs> uh, well, my like sort of worst was actually a couple of months ago, because uh, we were at an away game, and I don't even remember where. And uh, after the games, I usually call my girlfriend, so I called her, and I had uh, I bought a sandwich before the game so I could eat something afterwards. And so I was eating the sandwich and holding my uh, like bag for my basketball bag, and I put my phone between you know my cheek and my uh, what's it uh, my shoulder. Right, so uh, um, I basically was talking to her, and as I was eating the sandwich, I dropped my sandwich, and you just—I just instinctively reached for it, <laughs> and at that point, my phone just went flying through the air and it that's was a
1: the, terrible like, day you lost your sandwich <laughs> and your phone
3: yes yeah well i could probably live without the sandwich but yeah my phone did like i don't you know how like in uh, rally cars when you see a crash where it just keeps on rolling on the pavement like the car just doesn't <laughs> stop rolling that's what it was like i was just watching like a slow motion car crash and then i picked the phone up and all it was like the corners like the where the, i have an lg right now and like the corners were uh, sort of i mean, i guess uh Major scratching is uh, the way I'd put it, and other than that, it was fine. But seriously, it was like watching a rally car crash. It was awful, and I did not disinfect the sandwich and eat it. That's all I'm going to say. I, I threw the sandwich away.
1: Uh, well, those are all those are all uniformly terrible. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I've dropped my phone a bunch, and I've never done. I've like chipped i think my iphone 6 had a little chip in the side of the glass from once dropping on like a tile floor um but other than that i've never broken i've never broken my own phone i once dropped an ex-girlfriend's phone (laughs) and broke that (laughs) (laughs) oh and that and you can see how that story ends Uh, (laughs) um, but other than that i've been extremely lucky so i'm knocking on every piece of wood in my office right now uh well thanks for that that's topic number one krista what's your topic
2: my topic is talking out loud to computers. Um, do we do it? Are we going to do it more in the future? So, okay. Um, spec, so I'm talking about, you know, um, asking Siri about things. I'm talking about, um, asking Amazon Echo things. A lot of people love Amazon Echo. Um, you know, you can, you can integrate it with, ton of like home you know um home control features and you know like light bulbs and things like that and you can have it turn on your music for you and stuff and it's like okay well siri does a ton of that stuff too um but people seem to be really thrilled with amazon echo and not so much with siri i find myself using siri a lot um both with the apple watch and um and with the iphone but i feel like i told and learned when i do it in public um mostly because a lot of the time siri doesn't understand what i'm saying i have a little bit of a lisp so um so, yeah, a lot of the times I'm just, I misunderstood. I have to repeat myself a ton of times. Um, it's really goofy to be like,
3: Ahoy telephone.
2: <laughs> and then just, then just like eventually give up and push the home button and say, Oh, give me directions to wherever I'm going. And it's just sort of this defeating feeling. But anyway, um, so I, I still do that. I do that out loud. And, um, you know, when it works, I really love it. And I'm just wondering, um, do you guys, Talk to Siri, or if you have an Amazon Echo, uh, do you love it? Do you talk to it out loud? And do you think that there's, uh, you know, that this is going to be become a common thing going forward, and that that really the the vast majority of people are going to be doing this in the future? Uh,
0: yeah, I I do think that people are going to do it in the future, but uh, for me, I don't know. I I like it in very specific contexts. It's usually when I am alone or with a, a small number of people, and not out. Uh, not and not out in public where I am gonna be a crazy person and also there's the noise thing I don't know it's got to get a lot better and uh, it needs to uh, culturally needs to seem a lot less weird than it than it does now so I wouldn't say I use it frequently there are times when I um, don't have time to to uh, To type something out on my iPhone and I really need to get a message across where I use the dictation feature and that yes. is fantastic and works really well. I find that much more reliable than trying to convince Siri to do something.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So I'm on a Nexus phone anyway most of the time so you use Google stuff and mm-hmm. the thing I noticed, uh, I think like a couple of weeks ago, me and my coworker figured out that Google started supporting Slovene somehow. Oh, nice. so you, we could we can actually say stuff in Slovene. It doesn't do like like semantics stuff. I guess, but it'll pick up the words. And if you think the English, like the Siri English recognition is... Crap, basically. <laughs> you can imagine what it's like when it, anybody tries to sort of learn Slovene. Like the way I work around it is, um, the nickname field in the context, right? And I know for a fact my uh, mm. coworker who has an iPhone uses that. So I'll put for my girlfriend, I just, put, I'll put girlfriend into the nickname. So when I say call my girlfriend, it'll know to call Ursha because Ursha, like Siri or Google have no idea mm. what to do mm. with that name, basically. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. But I, I, I honestly like i was really surprised that google at least like somebody at google sort of knows where slovenia is apparently (laughs) because that was amazing that it actually worked because uh apple has been kind of you know so so with supporting us but i know i I always figured all of those like dictation and any kind of speech recognition i'd just be doomed by speaking like english forever but Mm -hmm. apparently it might actually happen in the future hopefully so yeah
1: I am a, a, if you'll pardon the expression, full-throated supporter of talking to computers. Um, I, have, I do have an Echo, which I really like, uh, and which, because I'm on headphones right now, Jason can't troll me. Um, by trying to get it like marshmallows on my shopping list, which he does on other podcasts. Mm. <laughs> um, but I I actually like the Echo a lot. And I think part of it uh, really has to do with the fact that since it's in your home, um, rather than being, you know, something that you do out in public, it feels more comfortable. Um, and so I use it a lot. And my girlfriend has one at her apartment, and she really loves it, too. Um, and so it's nice to have that just sort of in the air, you'd also it, it tends to be much better at hearing me than than Siri does, especially when you sort of call for it out of nowhere, uh, because I do think that the... uh the uh, Ahoy telephone, if you will, uh, <laughs> call for Siri, it does not always very good at hearing that, whereas I feel like the Echo is actually really great at responding. Um, and so I think that's a that's a good sort of model for where I think that's going. I'm really interested, which I think this pro- might have prompted some of your, your thought on this is the Apple TV adding the dictation. Um, I'm interested to see how that plays out, although I think the fact that you have to use the Apple TV remote mm-hmm. is still kind of annoying because you have to find it. (laughs) And for me, I I switched to a universal remote. So if I want to use it, I have to go dig up a second remote. Um, And so I I think there's definitely a value to having something that is always on and that you can trigger. Um, And so that's – I think it's just so easy to do certain things that it's become very natural. And I think it makes sense as a way to interact with computers. I like dictation but I'm not going to use it for quite as many things. I saw someone in the in the live channel saying that they use it for writing fiction. I can't even imagine doing yeah. that. That just blows <laughs> my mind. I have to type. It's just mm-hmm. it I, my brain doesn't work that way. I can't I don't think I could write articles very well with it either, but I will write, you know, short text or emails or what have you. So, I uh, I think that voice control computers are honestly here to stay and I think they're only going to become more and more pervasive.
2: Agreed. I hope so anyway. I'm uh, I'm looking for I really like um Siri on the Apple TV remote. The rest of the re- the remote is garbage. I hate it so much, but that's a different topic. <laughs> um <laughs> but um, I, I've liked Siri on, on the remote and just asking it, you know, t- um, just searching for things is great. And, um, and it's so frustrating, though, to use the, the keyboard, the on screen keyboard with the Apple uh, TV remote. No, you can use the, um, the iOS app, but not, I mean, at least when I got my Apple TV, I couldn't use the remote to set up the Apple TV. So I did have to use the stupid remote to, you know, punch through all of my very long passwords. And it was just like
0: horrible. All right, we're uh, halfway through. This episode of Clockwise already, that's what happens. It just goes so fast. It's time for our halftime sponsor. I hope everybody enjoy the uh, halftime show at the Super Bowl. This
1: isn't going to feature at, at no point will Beyonce appear during this halftime is what I'm saying, so don't <laughs> well, get your hopes you up. if you look at a page on the web that has Beyonce in it while you're listening to this, then, then she might. Okay, thanks, Dan. Well, anyway, I, I, what I'm saying is that I'm playing a
0: part <laughs> of Coldplay here and telling you that this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Linode. It is a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world. It's a great solution for your server infrastructure structure the six colors and incomparable servers that i run are linode servers or it's a linode server in fact super easy to use and uh, you can get a server up and running in a minute plans start at ten dollars a month you use their web-based manager tool you can choose your resources what linux distro you want to use the location of your node mine's in dallas why i don't know we picked dallas that's just what happened (laughs) And uh, once you're up and running, you can deploy, boot, resize the server. Just a few clicks in this web-based, uh, web-based interface. It, it's uh, industry-leading native SSD storage, so it's super fast. It's got powerful Intel E5 processors on your Linux server, access to a 40 gigabit network with multiple levels of redundancy and an API if you want to develop custom apps or automate tasks in the cloud. Um, every pricing tier features hourly billing. There's a monthly cap uh, and uh, also add-on services like backups. I've got a backup too, so if something happens with my server, the backup is there too. It's uh, it's pretty cool. There are more than 400,000 Linode customers, including me, and they're taken care of by a friendly 24-7 support team, even open over the holidays so if you want to run a private git server host a big database run a mail server run a podcast network host your own tech blog whatever i'm just saying you can do it with linode as a listener to clockwise sign up at linode.com l-i-n-o-d-e.com slash clockwise you'll support us and you'll get twenty dollars toward any linode plan and there's a seven day money back guarantee so there's nothing to lose give it a try linode.com slash clockwise or use promo code clockwise 20 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for hosting all of the things that I do on the internet and supporting this show. All right, halftime's over. We're going to move on. Here's my topic. Uh Twitter Hey, Twitter's going to offer a new algorithm-generated timeline that is not in chronological order. Now, it's going to be optional, and it's going to have behavior where if you reload your Twitter app, it will go away. And it is only going to appear if you've been away from the service for a while, and it wants to show you the good stuff you missed while you were gone. That all said, what do you think? Is this a good idea or a bad idea? And how does it make you feel about the future of Twitter? Andrzej?
3: Well, when I first heard about it, you know, my first instinct was to just be enraged and, you know, be, oh, no, right? That's your right as an internet user. <laughs> yeah, I think that you're supposed to do that, you know, if you're on the internet. But then when I saw, like, the full description of what they're going to do, and I've actually found, the, you know, while you were away feature they introduced a while back. I actually find that useful if I haven't been on uh, Twitter uh, for a while. So I actually found like stuff that I would have just completely missed if that wasn't there. And then it all started to sort of make sense. And I'm really like I really like the idea. And I, I I'll actually use it uh, when it kind of comes out. As far as Twitter's future, I think an uh, algorithm-generated timeline is not the thing that's gonna <laughs> sing them. Basically, I think they have other problems that. Are maybe, 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 um, harder nuts to crack. If that's, that's a saying I'm supposed, I, I can use that. Yes. I <laughs> think they have sure, bigger I'll problems than a, <laughs> 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 uh, bigger problems than a, than a new time. But uh, generally the while you were away tweets, like a couple of times I was like, oh, that's, that's actually not that bad. I, I, I do hate it because I don't know what, what it's like on iOS, but the official, uh, Twitter client on Android, when you dismiss the, um, uh, what, what you've missed, uh, thingy, right? There's an X. You press the X and then you say, do you want, um, do you want to, um, like dismiss this? Yes. Did you like this? Yes or no? It asks me every time. And I've told it I like the thing about 17,000 no. times. And it it, it's
1: very insecure.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just needs confirmation all the time, basically.
1: Do you like me or do you like, like me?
3: <laughs> I'm going to drop its phone. I think that takes care of problems like that. <laughs>
1: Um yeah I I you know it's interesting I I heard all the the sort of fuss over this at the end of last week um and you know I think a lot of the the reaction from it came from you know the idea of this being more like Facebook which is I think something that frustrates a lot of people who come to Twitter for Twitter and not for Facebook for me personally I really almost exclusively view Twitter through third-party clients. And so I'm not sure this would even make a difference in the way mm. uh, that I read Twitter since I don't think this feature will roll to those clients um, based on a lot of the other features. I mean, the feature, you know, uh, uh, I think that Andre was just discussing too is like, I I don't see that. It's not a thing I run into. So I'm not sure this would have made a big difference for me. I can see the value in it. you know. I can certainly understand why you would want to sort of float things to the top i'm don't know how well it would work and i think that's sort of the question is uh will this be something that ends up being useful or is it something that just distracts from what i like about twitter which is this sort of comprehensive fire hose um at the same time, I agree that there are probably a bunch of other things that uh, Twitter might want to look into if it's really looking for ways to engage users more, which I think clearly this, you know, they need to feel like they're they're still moving forward. Um, so a lot of people, for example, pointing out like, well, you know, the ability to edit tweets, at least for a little while after posting them would be great because <laughs> we all make typos. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of uh, room for, for Twitter to expand. I'm not sure this is the you know top of the pile but it might have been something easy for them to do that they felt like could make a big difference so uh, i'm probably going to reserve judgment into it until i actually use it at some point and that might never happen so i guess it doesn't really matter to me
2: well um i mean i love twitter um for it's it's very live feeling and um the while you're away feature um i don't really use it and you know i've seen a couple of interesting things that way um, but, but typically, you know, I just dismiss it when I do see it. And um, I use a mix between, um, you know, Twitter's own client and, uh, Twitterific. And, um, you know, I just, I don't think that this is going to be a great thing for Twitter. And I think it's, um, you know, they're doing so many things. They're trying so hard to, um, to get ahead. And they're just, you know, they're never going to be Facebook. And I think that they should focus on being Twitter, um, but you know, that said, as long as as long as it's opt in, um, some people might find it useful. I'm not opposed to that. Um, but you know, yeah, I wish I wish they would focus on on other issues. Um, but uh, I don't I don't know, hopefully. Uh, I mean, I just I hope they find some way to um, you know to really monetize and and grow because they're they really seem to have been struggling uh, for a while now. so
0: yeah, i'm I'm with you. I like Twitter and want it to succeed. Um, and so I'm kind of behind whatever they do to try and figure this out. I, I don't have a problem with this feature. It is optional. I think the behavior that I described is, is perfectly reasonable. It's really a while you were away feature for people who have not been on the service for a while. I don't think it's going to solve their main problem, although perhaps with in in uh, attached to other features, maybe it could. I I, I think uh, for regular users, the big problem with with Twitter is that uh, the people who would have not tried Twitter when they try it, and I've, I definitely my family that i've talked to about this has experienced this is they don't know what it's for and twitter sort of says why don't you follow some celebrities and all of that and i think mm. that this is one of the challenges is the onboarding uh, features of twitter it needs to do a better job of finding people who you you know not just celebrities you want to follow and news organizations you want to follow but maybe people who share interests that you do so that you could actually strike up conversations with them because otherwise it's just sort of a celebrity download feed which is not that interesting and then uh, the other thing is twitter's great for live events um, and Facebook is starting to take some of that away from them. But uh, the Twitter's moments feature that they've offered uh, so far is uh, it's a good idea in the sense that you should be able to tune into a particular ac- action that's happening and see a feed from Twitter. But the way they've implemented it is terrible. It's like a series of kind of um, curated brand feeds instead of some intelligent searching for tweets on for good tweets on a particular topic, which is what I think when we were I, that's what i expected it to be when they announced that they were working on it um and it's not what they've delivered at all so i i feel like yeah this is a fine feature and i don't think it's going to ruin twitter and you can turn it off if you don't like it but it's not going to solve the problem uh twitter has which is that uh new users find it kind of not compelling and those of us who are already there may find it compelling but they' you can't grow with us we're already there all right we have time for one more topic anjay tell us your topic
3: Mechanical keyboards. Exclamation point! I think that's how I wrote it, right? Yeah. Okay. So I. I Sorry, I can't hear you over
0: the clicking of my mechanical
3: keyboard. <laughs> I use one. I use actually two. I have one at home and one at work. And the one at work has no. Um, the keycaps are blank, which, according to a Jason Snell from the internet, I am quote showing off. Yeah, you're trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I. Uh, do you guys use them? If not, why the hell not? And if you do, why?
1: Uh, well, I mean, as long as you're not using a touchscreen keyboard, aren't technically all keyboards mechanical? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'll take my answer off here. (laughs) I do not use a super clicky keyboard. I use and have used for many years the Bluetooth, uh, Apple Bluetooth wireless keyboard, uh, in part because for a long time, my primary and only computer was a Mac laptop, and I was perfectly comfortable with the Mac laptop keyboard, so... Uh, I have basically continued that to this day. In the past, I have used many years ago just the old uh, Apple extended USB keyboards, um, which were not the super clicky ones, but were had a little more key travel, a little more key press. Those are fine. I like that one, too. Um, but yeah, I, I've never really felt the, the fetishization of the old mechanical keyboards has, has helped me or really attracted me in any way. So other than occasionally feeling, you know, getting to feel like a hacker, which you can just do by typing random things on your keyboard and then whispering, I <laughs> mean, <I'm> <laughs> uh, I haven't really felt a need for it. So enjoy your mechanical keyboards. I have no problem with them, but it, uh, I don't think they're particularly for
2: mm-hmm. me. Uh, I, you know, similar thing, um, here. So I, I do all of my work on, um, a MacBook Pro. And I but I move around a lot. So I work, um, I work at home at night a lot. I work um, at a standing desk with a treadmill, and I work at a sitting desk. And I think it's just just having, you know, an extra peripheral, like I already had an extended uh, wired USB um, keyboard. And so that's just what I use at the treadmill desk with um, also a, a big cinema display. Um, so that's nice. But then, you know, I just unplug my laptop and sit at the sitting desk or you know i unplug it and go home and sit on the couch and work a little bit at home and i think you know it's just a matter of laziness probably i like i like mechanical keyboards i like the way they feel um i don't really mind the sound too but probably in an office it might be a bit distracting for my co-workers um you know but so is the treadmill sound so whatever um <laughs> yeah i don't know i think laziness i'll chalk it up to laziness all right, fair enough. Uh, I do. I, I
0: have used them over the years, and uh, you know, I, and I like them. But then over time, I ended up gravitating toward whatever was out there. Which you know, from Apple, that became less clicky over time. The the uh, the Apple uh, keyboards, even on the desktop, became basically laptop keyboards. And um, in an environment with other people, a quiet uh, a quiet keyboard was. Uh, Uh, probably a good idea and i i use them fine and can type fast on them so it doesn't really matter but being in my own workspace now i had that moment of like you know i wonder how it would feel like to go back to a clicky keyboard and so after uh, i wrote an article about it on six colors so i i did i bought a clicky keyboard and i bought some custom keycaps for it and it's been a lot of fun and there is especially for writing articles there is that kind of momentum i get where having the the uh the physical uh, uh tactile feedback and also the audible feedback as i'm typing uh it's it's enjoyable, so I'm 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 liking it. And when I go back to the quiet keyboards for things like podcasting, now I think it's a good sign that I like this mechanical keyboard. That I I kind of don't like the feel of the uh, keyboards that I've been using the last ten years, and uh, I, so I think I've adapted to it and that I prefer it.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same. And uh, as far as sound goes, uh, the one I got at work, the 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 black uh, without the letters on it, has the brown MX switches, which are supposedly quieter. And they are because I sit next to about four people, like in an open space office, and they have not complained. Ah. Although (laughs) I am six foot eight, so, (laughs) you know, it's... I, I never know if people are just afraid to say something. But honestly, yeah, like the the other writers in the room don't really care. And I've been using it for about I don't probably a year now, and it's been fine. The one I have at home has the blue switches, and that is loud. I do have a, the the editor of the tech magazine I write for monitor. He actually <laughs> uses a IBM Model M keyboard. Mm. which is a really old mechanical keyboard. And we, like a, like a half a year ago, we checked the serial number on the bottom and it was manufactured in 1991 and it's still going. And that thing sings basically. The switches have this ping to it. And uh, luckily he has his own office, so <laughs> they we're saved from the, with the constant barrage of a pinging keyboard. But yeah, mechanical keyboards are awesome. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Oh, boy. oh, it's
1: super clicky. Uh, thank you for that audio representation. Well, that is four topics. Jason, we have just enough time for a bonus topic. All right. Great. Awesome. Let's do it. Valentine's Day approaches, as we mentioned at the top. So my question is, do you do anything, celebrate this in any way? Or is this just another attempt to romanticize crass commercialism? Or does it even exist where you are? That's not a leading question at all. Uh, Krista, what about you?
2: Um, I do not like to go out on Valentine's Day because I, I used to work in the restaurant business when I was in college. And it's just terrible. It's just, it's everything is overbooked. You end up waiting even if you have a reservation. And it's just bleh. Um, but my husband is an amazing cook. And so we stay home and usually he makes dinner. And it's it's very romantic and nice. And so, you know, we celebrate it. But we just hang out at home and have a romantic evening in. And-
1: uh jason yeah you're
0: yes it's a an attempt to romanticize crass commercials. <laughs> <So, laughs> i don't you know i we we don't do anything particularly special i love my wife uh all, every day of the year and valentine's day is no different and yes that makes me maybe a terrible person but that's who i am so i'm just gonna own it are
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yes, we do have Valentine's Day. So th- th- that's the first thing, because I'm usually the guy that says that we don't have that weird holiday you Americans have. <laughs> but like we, uh, in the years past, me and my girlfriend really didn't celebrate it, but I am apparently very, uh, like really terrible at gifts. So this year I'm, I'm, I have actually gotten him so- something and it's coming on, uh, Friday. We ordered a bunch of stuff at work from, uh, the German Amazon, uh, store. And so I, um, because it has gotten to the point where i where I have been politely instructed by her to not get her anything that plugs in.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> I
3: actually, I think got her a very nice gift for Valentine's Day that does not plug in. So. I'll I'll I can send you an email on the fourteenth if it if it went well. So
1: <laughs> that's, keep, keep that's keep my Valentine's story. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, oh, like you guys, I don't don't really do anything for it. My girlfriend is not a big fan of Valentine's Day, and specifically requested this year that we not go out. Um, for I think many of the reasons Krista mentioned. So I think we'll just probably be having a uh, uh, a, a self cooked. Uh, dinner of some sort. So I think, you know, I agree with Jason. It it does seem like an attempt to romanticize crass commercials. And wait, those were my words. Yeah. Um so there we go. <laughs> we all agree. Great. Uh, excellent. Well that is four topics and a bonus topic, which means all we have left to do is thank our guests. Kristen Morgan, thank you so much for being here.
2: Oh thanks so much for having me. It was great.
1: And I'm Jay Tomich, thank you again for being here.
3: Always a pleasure, guys. Always. Jason
1: one two three is in the books.
0: Yeah, I guess uh what comes next, Dan? I don't know, one, two, five? <laughs>
1: Let's skip right to that. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, anyway, we've come to the end of this edition of Clockwise. One, two, three is in the book. So there's nothing left to say except watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.
2: Bye.
3: Bye.